0: 16-week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered. From Bleed Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight, insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffen. It is indeed Falcons Flight Edition number 17, Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor. And you know, it just occurred to me, I may have to change that intro because that brotherhood stuff is in there, and that era is definitely gone. If it wasn't, Mama would have been ashamed of every member of that brotherhood yeah. on Sunday as the Falcons are beaten by the Saints handily 24-9 to 9 and thus fall to 3-7 and 7 on the season. This is an example, Robert, that... You know, this is what the bad start does for you. Of course, you buried yourself, but it also means that losses like this are only magnified in the sense that it doesn't matter if you should have won three of those seven losses, whatever it is, it magnifies the fact that you can have dud days and just not show, or some key component of your team not show up. And that's pretty much what happened with the Falcons' offensive front on Sunday.
1: I don't think the entire team showed up to play, and we could probably think about changing the name of the podcast because the Falcons aren't flying anywhere this year. They are crashing and burning all over the place, and, (laughs) man, the hits just keep on coming. You know, I mean, what can you say? Like you said, I'm going to steal what you said right before we went on air, and I think Raheem Morris is not going to get that interim tag removed. I think Dirk Cutter has got to go. I think it's got to be a complete overhaul of the coaching staff altogether. And one thing I do want to say that stuck out, because I was on Twitter a lot during the game and tweeting and everything, and and people were saying, well, God, Matt Matt Ryan's so bad. He's playing so bad. Listen, the guy didn't play bad. He got (laughs) sacked eight times. Yeah, and hit 11 others. He got hurried. Like, I don't care if you're Joe Montana, Tom Brady, whoever. You put anybody in that game with that happening, they're not going to be successful. So one more time, I'm telling you, Falcons fans,
0: lay off Matt Ryan. There's not a lot you can do. Well, the other thing is that, you know, when you only run the ball 14 times and are held to 52 yards in the game, not only are you not getting much protection up front, but you're not getting much help from the running game either. Reminder the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can certainly still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. That rascal never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That noise you hear in the background is what they did, I'm guessing, with the game plan midway through (laughs) the first quarter because, you know, again, there aren't a lot of good numbers. In fact, you could probably put an X rating on some of them. You allow eight sacks in the game, as you just referenced a moment ago. Your quarterback is hit 11 other times. He is harassed all day. And you run for 52 yards. That all adds up to a big fat F for your offensive line's grade for that game. To be fair, they had played better, and they have played better, since Raheem Morris assumed the head coaching reins. But this one was most certainly a dud as they were dominated up front all day long. They also played
1: better against bad football teams. You got a Minnesota in there. You got a Carolina in there. So the Falcons, man, I'm done with the season. I'm still going to watch, but I don't have any hope of them turning it around and proving getting better because inconsistency is just the glaring thing here and... They're just a bad football team with a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know what happened to that offensive line on Sunday. I mean, they were just handled. And the worst part is, is the Saints did this to us without Drew Brees. What would he have done had he been starting that game? I mean, who knows? And I'm already telling you right now, when Pat Mahomes rolls into town, they're going to drop 40-plus on us. They were missing tackles. Sloppy, sloppy defense. Now, Taysom Hill, Taysom, I think, is is how you say yeah. it. He did play well and he got better as the game went on, but good Lord, it's just it's, it's abysmal and I'm past what can we do this season? I'm already looking at, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, GM candidates, coaches, draft picks, stuff like that. because this season, I know, here's the thing, there's something wrong in Atlanta. I don't know what it is. with the inconsistency and how you know everybody was, hey, the, the resurgent Falcons, they're three and one, and then they come out and just lay an egg. I don't know. I'm not a professional sports writer. I'm not a football coach. There's something bigger there going on, I think. And it starts with coaching. And I think they really do have to just flip it over. Sorry, Raheem Morris. I know you're a good coach, but
0: -uh, I don't think this Falcons job is for him well Taysom hill as you mentioned he didn't exactly look like joe montana in the game either in fact a lot of times some of the passes he threw were woefully off target but some of them were still caught as jump balls which speaks to the kind of day the falcons had this is a guy that really is better known as an athlete than he is as a classic typical nfl quarterback with pinpoint accuracy and all that stuff but he did more than enough and when you manage only nine points offensively it's really not too hard to see a loss at the end of the tunnel yeah but one thing about him I think they are and they talked about this during the game
1: is they're pulling him back from running and and making unnecessary runs to to get hit I think what they're doing is they're molding him because he very much looks like a Drew Brees now he's been there with, with him a couple of seasons I think Taysom Hill is their quarterback of the future I think he showed that A little bit on Sunday because I don't think Drew Brees is there next year I think he's gone and I think they're grooming him to become more of a pocket pass I mean man he threw some passes in some tight spaces on Sunday and he's got a quick release and when he did have to use his feet he used his feet and if anything I can say for you Saints fans is it looks like the QB position is promising moving
0: forward well back to the offensive line just to give you a snapshot numerically of how bad the offensive line was Ryan was under duress on 42 percent of his dropbacks in the game. So he dropped back 45 times, was affected on 19 plays, sacked eight times, and 11 quarterback hits. And a guy named Trey Hendrickson led the charge, two sacks, three quarterback hits. And he was teamed up again, or he was matched up against Jake Matthews. This isn't a rookie. This isn't a young guy.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, Jake Matthews is quoted about how upset he was and how mad he was, and I just don't know. Where they went wrong, they just could not figure out that Saints defense all afternoon, and the the sacks just kept stacking up. Yeah, just a bad football game. I I don't have anything else to say other than I did notice, and I think I texted you this: the Saints defense, man, they are handsy as hell. Yeah, I mean super handsy. I, I haven't seen a defense that handsy in a while. I mean, they were grabbing and tugging all afternoon. They got caught on some of them, but there
0: were some of them where I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's happening? Like, it was insane how handsy they were. Another area where they struggled was containing Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, who, of course, has been injured a whole lot of the year. Missed seven games with a high ankle sprain, but predictably had his first 100-yard game of the season. Nine catches, 109 yards, and that was before the Saints started to run the ball to run out the clock. So all in all, the Falcons fall to three and seven and do so playing in pretty ugly fashion as they lose to New Orleans 24 to nine. Let's dive into our sound cuts quickly, if we may. Talked about Matt Ryan, who took a beating in this game, courtesy of a line that didn't protect him very well. Here is Ryan, as is typical, crediting the opponent.
2: Stressing our pass protection, and they did a good job of covering in the back end. I got to tip your hat to them. They played well today. We got to play better in a couple of weeks when we see them again, but we'll look at the film tomorrow and find ways to be better next week. They're playing well. There's no doubt about it. They've been playing well all year and giving people trouble at different times. So, again, my hat's off to them. I thought they played really well today. We got to find a way to be better in a couple of weeks when we see them.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the more bad news, you're going to see them again in just a couple of weeks. And historically, oftentimes you see them again two weeks later like happened with carolina things will turn out differently but here's ryan a little bit more on the offensive struggles that the falcons had against new orleans
2: well i think we just need to be better on first down in the third quarter first and second down we got behind the chains much put ourselves in really tough third down positions that you're not going to convert at a high clip so I thought we came out, we didn't play great in the third quarter, and just got behind it in the chains a little too much coming out of the half.
0: You know, when you give up or produce the kind of numbers we were talking about, I guess give up would have been the better description. Your protections definitely break down. Here's Ryan on the protections that were called and his thoughts on the breakdowns. Quick comment.
2: We had some different protection schemes. We're keeping five or keeping six and helping with the seventh. But, you know, again, it's one of those days. We've got to find a way to be better, you know, as we move forward. We didn't do a good enough job today.
0: This is the kind of game, if you're an offensive lineman, you'd really rather not be asked any questions after. But Alex Mack, nonetheless, took the bullet. Here is Mack on the O-line play versus the Saints.
2: Phil wasn't great. You know, he didn't play very well in the second half, and we had to take a look in the mirror and try to figure out exactly what happened and see where we can improve and play better. I think doing that and trying to really dig into the details is the best way to move on.
0: Uh, Mac, of course, you know the center, the center piece of that O line, and a veteran himself like Jake Matthews. Sometimes, as a unit, you're going to have bad days, and you're going to get beat up front. And that's certainly what happened. Here's Mac on what went wrong. I think the big thing is just details. I think
1: we didn't do a good enough job of making plays consistently. Like we didn't have first downs. We didn't get the drives going. We weren't able to stay on the field. And those are the things you need to do to have a well-balanced offense. And then we fell kind of behind on the score, and we had to be kind of one-dimensional. And then you're going uphill, making it tough on yourself then.
0: So the Falcons fall to 3-2 and under Raheem Morris. And, you know, Morris, whether or not, Robert, he's the interim coach, turns into the head coach or not, which would appear to be in doubt since a couple of these games they've lost, one was kind of in ridiculous fashion against Detroit, and then this one were one of those not show up days. Morris reflects on what the Saints did well defensively in the game, which was a lot.
3: You know, it's hard to say one-dimensional when the Saints did a good job of dictating the terms. Like I talked about yesterday, we didn't do a good enough job in the second half of running the ball versus too high to make those guys one-dimensional. So what they did to us was they really got after us and then got up a, with the two-score lead and made us one-dimensional. So. I wouldn't say it was anything that I looked at us and said we were too one-dimensional. When the game kind of got away from us in the second half, becoming a two-score game. That's what happens to you, you become one-dimensional. We had to rely on the pass and allow them to stay in two-man and really man us up, and go man underneath some of our really good wideouts and make Matt hold onto the ball to cause some of those unnecessary sacks or things that usually don't occur when you plan and dictate terms like you like to on offense.
0: So the Falcons in the end fall to three and seven, and they get ready now for the Las Vegas Raiders who come to town on Sunday. And this may or may not be something you're aware of. Robert Raheem Morris really got one of his first NFL breaks under John Gruden in Tampa Bay and would later become the head coach there when Gruden left. And he talks a little bit about John Gruden here. Here is Morris on the Raiders and Gruden's impact on his own career. You know, they looked
3: very explosive last night. Came out to execute it well. They played a high intensity game, a division of their own versus KC. That game was phenomenal. Obviously went down to the wire. Um, so we'll be ready to deal with that stuff as we go look at it and move forward now. Highly respected in John Gruden. The love I have for him, I can't even express in this conference right now because of what he did for my career, what he did for everything about how he taught me. And he was one of the first people that taught me how to work, how to put the time into it, how to come into work and absolutely beat people to work and thrive in that environment. Being the first one in, the effort that he has, the work ethic he brought to the game and how much he loved football and his care for his, his coaching staff and everybody around him was something that's just high, his energy that he brought to the practice field, um, the amount of opportunity he gave to me to grow as a coach, both working for him against his scout team, working on him against everything that I've been able to do, being promoted by him and brought back as a defensive back coach, also being promoted to a defensive coordinator and getting all the confidence in the world from a guy like John Gruden. You can't ask for more. I'm talking about one of the legendary coaches in this game, in my opinion, and as somebody that I will always love dearly and deeply. Um, and this week, we got to go up and face
0: him. And don't look now, but of course, Gruden has the Raiders playing pretty well. In fact, they're not only the only team to take down the Chiefs this year and did so in Kansas City, but they almost beat him again this past Sunday, giving up the lead in the last 35, 40 seconds of the game and losing that one right at the end. But the Raiders are six and four overall. And as much as I think I was one of the loudest ones saying, I think John Gruden might miss the broadcast booth. It looks to me like he's acclimated back to the game pretty well. The Raiders haven't really been a relevant franchise in the last 20 years for the most part, and it sure appears that he's gotten turned in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and and i got to be honest, I'm still with the Falcons, still going to watch, still going to be on this show as long as Believe lets us do it. (laughs) But I don't have any faith anymore in the Falcons. I don't. Next season's always a new season. And with their unimaginative coaching, their lack of adjustments, their inconsistencies on both sides of the ball, the offensive line, the defense, everything swirled in together, I I don't see them beating the Raiders. I don't see them winning much more the rest of the season, to be honest with you. Drew Brees could probably be back against the Saints, and to borrow a term from you ad nauseum. Everybody (laughs) knows what we have in the Atlanta Falcons – So if I could kind of turn the page a little bit, this is an official list from the Falcons of who they're looking for now as a GM. Former Texas GM Rick Smith, who is responsible for drafting Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, not a bad guy to go with. I believe he Uh, stepped
0: away because of his wife's illness, and he later lost his wife, which is, you know, a sad story. Been there. And then there's Bears Assistant Director of Personnel, Champ Kelly,
1: which he sounds like a GM. With a name like Champ, Champ how do you go wrong? Now, he was a prime candidate for the Jets GM job Boy, at one point. That'd be like a sentence, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be like a punishment for something. Then you got the Rams director of college scouting, Brad Holmes, who was in there, and, and he had some good drafts with the Rams organization. You got GM Reggie McKenzie, formerly of the Raiders. Oh, yeah. So there's there's some guys to check out and look at and do your Googling on, but... I think one thing I'd like to hear too, just listening to Matt Ryan and Alex Mack just now. You know, who they sounded like Dan Quinn. Yeah. Just hey, let me get out the pre-prepared index cards, and I'm sp- We've got to find a way to get better. We just didn't. We- I want to hear some fire out of these guys. Some passion. Something
0: like, hey, you know what? We suck today, and I'm. Jim mad. Mora. You know, just you know, something. Bring back Jim, not Jim Mora Junior. Jim Mora. We played like diddly poo. Yeah. We sucked. You know, I was in there when he did all that. You know, you know this story. I covered them in those days. And I'll tell you what, his candor was refreshing. But you
1: know, I mean that's the thing, is maybe they're groomed to be that way or it's, it's you know, hey, speak. let's be professional. But now it's, you know, coach speak, player speak. Show me something instead of just well, you know, we just had a little trouble today and blah 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 Yeah, we wha- just wha- didn't wha- we didn't execute in this space yeah. or that space. That's all I'm hearing now, is this Charlie Brown's teacher. And uh, <laughs> That's a, uh, again, I, I think I'm pretty sure you'll have to refresh my memory, but it is not legal. To conduct any sort of uh, searches for coaches or, or or management while the season's going on, or is it just frowned upon? No, or? it's
0: not within the league. In other words, if a guy's under contract somewhere else, no, you could certainly talk to somebody right now if they're out on the street and you know, like Bill O'Brien. For and trust me, I'm not suggesting yeah. the, but somebody who's just a free agent guy when you're in an interim situation, of course, you can talk to him anytime and. In terms of general managers, that might be one that you're more likely to see addressed, and I think it will be, after the season. I don't know how you can completely disrupt the organizational chemistry, even though now that's interim under Rich McKay, too. But I don't think you could rule it out, but it's far more likely you're going to see it when the season concludes.
1: I want them to take their time and get the right people, but I also hope it gets done quickly and somebody really emerges as a leader for head coach and GM. But I tell you what I do want. Uh, I want somebody imaginative, I want somebody maybe a little younger, because one thing I can think of when I think of the Falcons coaching staff, a word that I could use to describe it, stale. Yeah. Just not fun, imaginative, exciting, fast-paced football. Somebody with some new ideas, you know, everybody talks about Lincoln Riley, his offensive, you know, stats and numbers and everything since he's been at Oklahoma are pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know if he's the guy, but. Yeah, just somebody that can throw some wrinkles in and, and really utilize the talent that we have. I feel like our talent really is, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is really being underutilized. And again, the Falcons struggled in the red zone against the Saints. We can throw that out there one more time. But again, I'm going to keep watching because here I am sitting here in this chair telling Falcons fans, hey, no matter what, support your team. Good times and bad times and losses and bad beats and you know eight sacks and, and all that still stick with your team, still support them, but there's also a time, too, where you can shake your finger at an organization and go, good lord, shame on you guys. You're (laughs) you're, you're terrible, you're a bad football team, you got potential, you have talent, but really, let's just call a spade a spade. The Falcons, and I put this on Twitter, too, very inconsistent, very
0: bad football team. You know, I worked with Don Sutton for eight years, and I learned a lot of things from Don, and I also heard a lot of lines from Don. He used to always say, well, they'll have a new five-year plan in place. They have a new (laughs) five-year plan every three years, and that's kind of how this feels, but we'll certainly see. Well, it's time for us to take a timeout. You mentioned Swirl a little bit ago. On the other side, we'll get ready, get you ready, for this Raiders visit to Atlanta, the Las Vegas Raiders, to play the Falcons, and we will get you set up for that one, and we'll do our world-famous Swirly segment. We know they'll be listening in Great Britain And we'll be back with more of all of that stuff and more of Falcon's Flight right after this timeout. This is Falcon's Flight, a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We certainly do. Back right after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to MrHardwoodInc.com. Like in
1: football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia, at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: It is Falcon's Flight, edition number 17, Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, as we try to forget the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 9 loss to the New Orleans Saints and get ready for the Las Vegas Raiders coming to town at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday as Raheem Morris takes on Chucky and the Raiders and there's a couple of things Robert last cleanup details from this Julio Jones of course had a hamstring injury was used very sparingly. The last game only had two catches, 39 yards, came back a little bit. This was early in the game, came back a little in the second quarter, but wasn't on the field much of the game from there on. Time of possession was a key in this one as well. They actually led the league over the previous four games. That was an area where they had gotten much better, which speaks to the way their offensive line had been playing. But hence the dud Sunday, and we are where we are at 3-7. and seven. You got a couple of interesting notes Raiders-wise that also relates a little to the Falcons. Well, Tack McKinley was picked up by the Raiders, and that
1: is his third team in a week. He originally, when the Falcons cut him loose, got picked up by the Bengals, failed a physical, they cut him loose, got picked up by the Niners, he failed a physical, they cut him loose. <laughs> but they also signed Vic Beasley to their practice squad. And right now, as it looks, according to the AJC and D-Orlando Ledbetter and our friends at BetOnline.ag here, the Falcons are a one and a half point home underdog versus the Raiders, and I'm kind of shocked. It's only one and a half points. Yeah. Uh, this will be the 15th meeting between the Falcons and the Raiders, and the series is tied 7-7. And I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but the Falcons won the last meeting in 2016 in Oakland, 35 to 28. And I'd just probably look for the Raiders to come in and take care of business, to be honest with you. I would like to say that the Falcons are going to have a chip on their shoulder and they're going to be fuming over that horrible loss against the Saints, but I'm not feeling the passion. Like I said earlier, I'm not feeling the passion. I'm not feeling the drive, and I-, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong in Atlanta, but I don't think they're really all that jazzed about
0: playing football anymore. Well, that's the other thing that happens when you get off to such a bad start, and then you try to regain your footing a little bit. You get to three and six. If you win the game, you get to four and six, and you start to see the crest of the mountain a little bit. But this one just kind of slaps you right back into the, yep, another one of those seasons in Atlanta mentality, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond when the Raiders come to town on Sunday. Well, that game will be one we will recap for you, of course, and tell you all about what happens between the Falcons and Raiders. We'll also look beyond as this grueling stretch of games continues for the Falcons after this one. This is not going to be an easy stretch of games, and they didn't start it very well losing the game to the Saints. That said, uh, Rob, what time is it? Well, I've come to look forward to this portion of the program <laughs> it's because the best there's, part of the show.
1: there's not a lot of bright spots in the in the meat of the show, but... Right now it's swirly time, swirly time, swirly time!
0: The Falcon's flight crew is intolerant of jackassery. There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a blue vortex of irony. Where imbeciles are irrigated, dumbasses are drenched, and abject idiocy rinsed away. Where pompous assery comes face to face with porcelain. Where chlorine, tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones. Where mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment now let's get this potty started and it is with a level of trepidation that i proceed here i'm gonna do something none of us have ever done before yeah i'm gonna swirl myself <laughs> You're not... okay so i'm not gonna go into huge detail but about a week ago, maybe a little less, I ran into someone that I hadn't seen in a while, and a guy, and we were sitting having an oat soda, to use you know your terminology, and doing what sometimes guys do. He had been in pursuit of a lass, and he had snared the prize, so to speak. I won't go any further, but... I'm aware this is a very attractive young lady, and uh, good for you, man. Congratulations. And, you know, I proceeded along with him to talk like guys do. I'm going to leave the rest of that, specifics-wise, <laughs> to your imagination. But suffice to say, it, maybe it wasn't completely guttural. It was certainly colorful, but it wasn't something I necessarily would have had in, shall we say, mixed company. Had yeah. we been a handful of couples together celebrating an event, whatever it is, this probably wouldn't have come up. This type of language, this type of, you know where I'm going with this. So I don't have any choice here but to spoil myself. The best part of the story, or worst, depending on your viewpoint, is that in all the years that I have had a cell phone, as much as I've heard the term, as much as it gets bandied about, as, much, as often as it happens to others, I've never butt-dialed anyone. Well, much to my horror and chagrin, I pulled out my phone mid-conversation with this guy, colorful terminologies and all, and I noticed that my phone was lit up, and I looked at it, and I'll be darned if it hadn't butt-dialed my wife, (laughs) (laughs) and the entire conversation is on her voicemail. So, needless to say, I spent uh, uh, the following day answering for a lot of things that were in this discussion that probably, sure as hell, shouldn't have been butt-dialed, but I certainly would not have had around my wife. I don't know what else to say. You want to weigh in on this before I go in the drink? I will tell you a story after the
1: swirl, but pre-swirl, I would say, man, I would have went, like, full Jason Bourne, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible mode, and figured out a way to get that cell phone and delete that voicemail. I would have been implying some serious—I would have talked to your neighbor, David Stone, a former detective, and been like, David, i got a problem here. <laughs> how do I How do I get this cell phone and erase it? Hello, and get it Apple. Back- can I have customer service, yeah. please? And get it back by her bedside before she wakes up. That would have been unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. You know, and the, the best news in all of this is I don't have that much hair to swirl around, so that's not going to be a big issue. But, oh, brother, man, you talk about—you yeah. talk about one in a billion— And this is what happened. So, hate me. Don't be S-T-U-P-I-D. Get over here. That's
2: me
0: bubbling. That's it, boy. Get in
2: there now.
0: I am. Damn, it's cold in here.
2: Don't nobody go in the bathroom
0: for about 35, 45 minutes. Please.
2: open the window. You see the peanut dead giveaway.
0: <laughs> well, could be worse. I'll, I'll say I this: I could have uh, been the peanut.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't actually get a real swirl. I'm surprised Chris didn't, because now she's a small lady, but she's wiry, folks. She oh, is a yeah. feisty, feisty lady. I'm surprised she just didn't bulldog
0: you right into the porcelain and <laughs> just. Hit well, them. she did even better than that. She made me feel like I was about oh, I don't know, three centimeters tall, yeah. if that. And you know, look, I mean, I gotta say this too, and you know this man, I got the greatest wife in the world. Didn't take long for her to <laughs> thankfully discover some humor in the irony that the only time my phone has ever butt dialed anyone was her, let alone during a conversation. I don't have ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time anywhere, but it just happened anyway. And way. you're talking to another guy about bagging a chick. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Man, I don't know if there's enough towels to dry the blue out of my hair, but as I look for them, over to you. So I'll tell you a quick one, a kind of similar
1: situation. I did it via text, and I've done this a couple of times in my life, but the first time I ever did it, I was with an old girlfriend. I was like 2010 probably, and I was out with a friend of mine and his brother-in-law and his little brother. So his name was Brad, and he had started dating a girl, and we're <coughs> all out together, and she seems nice and the girl I was dating at the time starts you know, texting me, and she's like, hey, what do you think of Brad's girlfriend? And he's texting me, too, for some reason. I don't remember <laughs> why. Maybe we <it's, laughs> were gonna going to get into some trouble later or something. But in the melee, I said, "Yeah, she's okay, but she's a little bit of a chunky monkey. <laughs> that text did not go to my girlfriend. That text went to Brad. Oh, and he man. looked up, and he slugged me <laughs> right in the shoulder. Man. And, uh,
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> cell phones. What... Yeah, man, I just, you know, it it was just the perfect storm of just uh, as if I need any more crap in my life. How could, how could something like this? I mean, it's almost like it was preordained somehow. I'm paying for something I've done somewhere and I'm not, I'm not even sure what it is. (laughs) You know, that's why I think I'm going to get that Apple watch and like earbud,
1: So then it's impossible to butt dial anyone or anything like that. Yeah. But I will say this smart watch. To wrap your swirl up, you can read the menu, but you can't order. And and to quote a friend of mine, I'm married. I'm not dead. Yeah. So you know, it's, you can be married, but you can still
0: appreciate a an a old good boy I used to wait woman. on when I was a bartender years ago. I used to say, son, being married doesn't make you blind unless she plucks your eyes out. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so just remember, fellas, it's a, it's all right to sneak a peek every once in a while. You just can't can't act on it. Yeah. Don't be um, a dumbass like me. So I am I'm staying in house with the Atlanta Falcons and after that abysmal game that I watched all four quarters of on Sunday, I'm going to swirl the entire Falcons offensive line. You guys know what you did. Let's just cut to the chase and we might need to get like some kind of shovel or something to just shove them all down in. There's some big boys, so we gotta make room. uh,
0: But you know, this is where we should have imported the old Shatner Turbo two thousand from the other podcast we used to do when the swirly segment would really get off the rails. Hey, old line you played like swine. Get over here. Ow! 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 I should have had a chorus. That's it, boy. Get in there
2: nice defense.
0: If you fit,
2: that is. The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. It's because you
0: gave up eight sacks against the Saints and didn't show up in what was supposed to be a turn-the-corner important game. But that about wraps up our Swirly segment, and I'm still drying off over here. Final thoughts as we look ahead to the Raiders. Like I
1: said, man, I don't know what I want. I mean, I do know what I want. I want the Falcons to retain that offensive core and the talent, and I want a new coach. But I could see the Falcons not securing another win the rest of the season. They've got the Bucks, they got the Saints. they got the Chiefs. they got the Raiders. It's a tough road to hoe. And, you know, as much as they're professionals, I still think some of that melancholy of the season has to be seeping into these guys going, hey, there's not really much else to play for. You know, teams, they say teams don't tank. Now I'm just kind of like, hey, man, let's just finish the season without getting Matt Ryan hurt. Let's get Julio well. Let's just get to the finish line because this season to me is a wash, but I'm going to be anxiously reading GM candidates, coaching candidates. I'm going to be staying on top of that as much as I can, and let's just get this thing over with and
0: start anew. One thing that's for sure, whatever happens, win, lose, draw, roof cave in, uh, you know, whatever it is, we will be here to chronicle it for you and to give you a breakdown of what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and hopefully the fact that You know, they turned the corner and they beat the Raiders. We'll certainly see. That'll about do it for Falcon's Flight. This is edition number 17. I'm Brian Giffen. He's Robert Taylor. And we're very happy that you have joined us today. Falcon's Flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment. Tune in again next week, won't you? Right here on the Believe Entertainment Network, the number one site for podcast professionals. That will do it for us. And we will talk to you next week, everybody. So long. Thank you for listening to Falcon's Flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the dirty birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Believe Entertainment.